right, good morning. Everyone here, everyone online, good to see you. Hope you're doing well today. Snowy day, which is good for us in Colorado. I just think we start by giving recognition to all the people that are suffering from all the fires that are going around and just praying that this fire will actually uh, extinguish or at least curtail the growth of this stuff. It's just amazing the devastation. I'm sure everybody here knows or have heard of someone that has probably lost property or had to escape Estes or Grand Lake or something like that. So it's hitting pretty close to home. Um, like we said last week on our website, we're in collaboration with the Southern Baptists doing some relief work. So go to, the, go to the website if you want to figure out how to help with that. We are involved in that and wanting to make sure that we continue as a congregation to be involved in helping out with what's going on in Colorado. Secondly, um, just to make sure you know, we've got our Bible app, and Dan will be using the Bible app this morning. It's kind of like our online digital brochure that'll highlight everything that's going on. So on our sermon page, so if you're online and you want to check this out, go to the sermon page. Right there it says link to Bible app. You can open that up. The other way to find it is just to go into the Bible app, go to the events section, which is in settings, click events, find Hillside, our location, click on that, and you can follow along. We've decided to make it available longer, so it's going to be available from 9 o'clock till next Saturday, so you don't have to scramble to try to save it by 12 o'clock, <laughs> which I think people were forgetting. They're like, oh, my notes are gone. Um, so it'll be available. It'll also be available for you if you wanted to discuss it with your spouse or with your kids or in your life group. That will be available. If you've got any questions, just email me. You can even email me during the service because I'm going to be kind of in the back just keeping an eye on things, and I'll help you get hooked up to that. But make sure you use it. As far as announcements, I only really have one big one I want to draw our attention to. So Operation Christmas Child is around the corner, and we're going to start collecting boxes. We are one of the box collection sites here in Golden. We're actually going to be putting a trailer out in the parking lot so people can bring them by. We're going to make sure that there's not a lot of touching and handling, but the box will go straight into the container, and then that container will go straight to Operation Christmas Child. So is that good? Did I hit all that? All right, so it starts on November 16th and goes through November 23rd, and all of that information will be on the website. Any of the updates and details will be both in our events section, but also on our community section, so you can see how we're doing outreach, and then also email me or Claudia too if you've got any questions. I think that's it. Let me pray for us and we'll jump into worshiping the Lord. Father, thank you for today and for this snow. I thank you for who you are even in the midst of tragedies and, and the difficulties that go on in and around us. It's, it's hard to believe that 2020 can continue to throw things at us like the biggest wildfires, five of the biggest wildfires in a few months in our state's history. Father, I pray that in the middle of all that, you would continue to open the eyes of our heart and experience you in necessary ways. We need you as we wrestle through everything that comes at us. We need your wisdom, we need your insight, and we need your perspective. So, Father, this morning as we come and give you worth, honor, and glory in our worship, we just pray that you would help us to see you in a deeper and more clear way. As Dan preaches to us this morning, I, I pray that you would speak through the power of your Holy Spirit to our hearts in a way that would pursue us towards you in everything we do. We just pray all these things in your name. Amen. 
Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to open up with some worship here. find you in the seeking lord i find you in the doubt and to know you is to love you and to know so little else i need you oh how i need you oh how i need you find you. Lord, I find you in the morning. Lord, I see you every day. Let my life before your glory woven in your threads of grace. I need you. And oh, how I give to you this morning. Lord, I pray that each one of us will be able to focus on you. Lord, I'm excited to hear Dan preach this morning. Got the series of pressing into wisdom. To look at your perspective in the midst of uh, some crazy times. Lord, I pray that just even as we kind of pause now, as we take all the 
accumulative stuff. Yeah, there's uh, in this room, even even those joining us on the web. There's a lot of different areas that that we all are involved in, and <clears throat> so Lord, we just bring that stuff, all the confusing things, all the unknowns, the questions, the mixed feelings, the hurt, the situations, and you know, we just want to put that at your throne. Lord, you know what to do with that. So many times we try to figure it out. It's not always for us to figure out. And we say we trust you this morning. Pray that you'd refresh each one of us and help us to pursue you, to put that stuff not in the forefront. working all things out is working all things out oh yes i will lift you high in the lowest valley yes i will bless your name oh yes i will sing for joy when my heart is heavy for all I count on one thing, I count on one thing, the same God who never fails will not fail me now, because you won't fail me now, in the waiting, the same God who's never late is working all things out, you're working all things out, oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy for all. Stand against, and I choose to pray. 
choose you this morning. God be glorified here in Jesus' name. Amen. Sean has started to set the bar just a little higher for me, so <laughs> I think maybe this might be my first PowerPoint I've ever done while I'm preaching, so um, if I start pushing buttons wrong, just saying. So, Wisdom for Right Living is our series right now, and um, as we think through the need for wisdom in our lives, I think it is very, very prevalent as we approach not only just everyday life decisions, family decisions, career decisions, whatever it is, you couple that with all that's been going on in 2020, all that's going on in our culture right now, and there's really two places you can find yourself. You can find yourself pursuing God's wisdom and his plan for your life, or you can find yourself kind of spinning in confusion. And I think... The goal for today as we kind of wrestle through another, another look at wisdom, we're going to focus in, in Proverbs chapters 1 through 3, the book of wisdom, and we're going to just begin to see what was the author trying to set up for us foundationally as we make decisions and as we think through what's uh, important in life. And it really, the problem we have to address, we're all right in the middle of. We have to address the fact that we're in the middle of a cultural anxiety that's higher than ever before in many, many ways right now. Wednesday morning, as elders, we were kind of talking through this series, and we were talking through the word angst, and we were wondering if angst was just a part of the word anxiety, and what does angst really mean? So the definition of angst that we're feeling right now, it's a feeling of deep anxiety or dread, typically an unfocused one about the human condition or state of the world in general. It actually comes from a German word that means fear. To have angst is to live this in this sense of unknown in the midst of our culture and this fear. 
And I realized that all of us live at different levels of anxiety, of angst, and fear. And these outside circumstances in our life push at us from every side and create in us a chance to respond. And when you think about what's going on right now, you think about the angst in our society right now, you think about the political atmosphere of what's going on right now. This is just weird. And Kevin was joking around how Dan's going to come and unpack the uh, presidential debates with you and all this stuff. And um, I think it's already been unpacked pretty good. I think uh, Jim Carrey and Alec Baldwin have unpacked it pretty good on Saturday Night Live. I think there's been a lot of people unpacking this thing because it's just, it is very humorous in many ways because there is so much voice going on right now. Did you hear how excited the American people got that the moderator was going to have a mute button this time? Like, just think about that. But I was thinking all of us at times need a mute button, don't we? Isn't there times where we're just, we're so trying to make our point or so trying to, to fit and, and, and rescue whatever we're trying to rescue. And sometimes I think God's calling us just a mute button. Dan, shh, quiet, listen. I think that's what we're kind of in the middle of. I think politically we're in a place that is, is, is very, we're going to look back on this and think, wow, 2020 election was a big, big change. And then you couple that with all the other tensions going on. Listening to young people right now try to figure out who they're going to vote for, where they really want to place their trust. And I hear over and over and over amongst all kinds of people just, I don't know what to do. This is so weird. I'm struggling where to anchor, where to go, where, where do I put my, my trust? I think it's very similar to what the people of Israel were dealing with in 1 Samuel when they were asking God for a king, and God saying, no, I will be your king. I will lead you. I will meet you. And it wasn't like God was just full of hot air. He had proven to his people he was going to guide them. He took them through so much to lead them where they were to that day they're still crying out for a rescuer. They wanted flesh and bone, and God gave them King Saul. King Saul, his name is meant the one in demand. Saul means the one in demand. They got a king for sure. They got one that lorded over them. They got one that showed, showed them what it looks like when you put man in charge instead of God in charge. And that's, I think, where we're at as a culture politically. We're wrestling. We're looking for a rescue. We're looking for someone to step up, help us. If we just get the, the right guy or the right gal in office in this place or that place or in, deal with this issue right and that issue right, we're going to be, you know, home free based on my opinions. And that's not true. I think we will look back again during this time. We'll look back during this part of history and be like, wow. And then you add, that, add to that the coronavirus. And you've got kind of views from every walk of life on this thing. You've got people who say, oh, this is just a big hoax. And then you've got people that are having family members pass away from it. And everybody in between. And, and no one knows how serious to take it. And it's, this, it's these constant decisions around people's health we're wrestling with. That angst is heavy. I go into probably seven, eight homes a week. Jordan and I go in and do an estimates for construction. And... It is so funny to see the different views of people related to the coronavirus. And we just have chosen basically just keep our masks on and do our thing.
because out of respect for wherever anybody lands. But the reality is, like the views, I mean, we've had people say, take those stupid masks off as we walk into their hole. And so you, know, you have everybody from in between and all this anxiety and angst around this pandemic, rightfully so. And then you've got the racial tensions. Kevin's going to come and deal with that a little bit next week. But everyone's being called to choose a side. What side are you going to choose in this racial tension going on right now? Are you going to jump on the bandwagon of defunding the police, or are you going to support the police? Are you going to believe that you're going to get behind Black Lives Matter, or are you not? Where, where are you at? Everybody's like, you know, gets confused, and they don't know, and, and you got everyone wrestling with different things. And all of this combined is tough. And then you throw the wildfires into the mix the state of Colorado right now and the state of California, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's cr crazy the amount of people being impacted right now and the tensions and the lives that are at risk. And this just leads me to think we need wisdom, don't we? We need wisdom. And I think every one of us in here could say, yep, Dan, I need wisdom. I definitely need wisdom. And if you're sitting here thinking you don't need wisdom, um, that's dangerous. If this is how you're responding, no, I don't need wisdom. There's no need for it. I got this all figured out. That is probably the most dangerous place to be. Anytime we're in the midst of a decision and we think we got it all figured out, we need to check ourselves because we need God's wisdom, don't we? We need wisdom beyond ourselves. We need wisdom that is from God that's heavenly, that has a full spectrum of perspective in place. Oftentimes on the timeline of life, we try to make decisions based on one little blip on the timeline. And that blip is meaningless. We'll be in heaven one day and we'll be like, why would we make it such a big deal of that? Kevin and I were working on a, doing, a, doing a funeral a couple weeks ago, and every time I do a funeral, and every time I'm part of leading a funeral, I I just get so taken back by the only hope we have is eternal hope. And if we view life outside of eternity, that is confusing. That is a tough place to be. If you could try to figure out death without having the light of eternity in place, if you try to figure out death without understanding God and heaven and hell and all the issues of eternity, it's confusing and it leaves us hopeless. And so I think as we think about wisdom, as we think about how we respond, I believe God is calling us to really understand the purpose of wisdom. I want to bring this back because this is what we've been looking at the last several weeks on what wisdom really is, just to remember that foundation. First of all, wisdom is applied knowledge. You can have knowledge all day long, but until you apply it rightly, it's not wisdom. It's the ability to discern and judge what is true. And I'll be the first to admit, I cannot do that very well on my own. Because my human emotions get involved, my human thought process gets involved, and I need God to help me figure out and discern and judge what is true. It's having experienced and knowledge resulting in a good judgment. It's acquiring learning that helps one know what to do in a given situation. And it's the ability to see into the future the consequences of one's choices in the present. I don't know about you, but I need that so desperately in life. 
I needed that last week. I'll need it this week. I'll need it the week after. We're, we need desperately to have wisdom. We need to not only just know things, we need to know how to apply things well. And in the end, what is it about? And I think all of these current issues and all these things we're struggling with in our world, all the angst going on right now, the one thing we need to remember more than anything else is that connection between God and man. And then that connection between one person to another. I think that's the most important thing that we can do. I think in the midst of an election, in the midst of politics, in the midst of coronaviruses and wildfires and everything, that we, what we need to remember more than anything else is that connection human to human and our connection with God and how we interact with people. We have a chance to interact with people every day. We have a chance to interact with people as a church. We have a chance to interact with people throughout the world in the midst of this. And how we interact, how we value human people is really, really important. I think Jesus modeled this for us so well. When he stepped onto the scene, he kept breaking all the, all the cultural norms. One of the ones that stands out to me the most is when he goes and he has to go through Samaria and speak to the Samaritan woman. I mean, that was so unheard of a Jewish man going and speaking to a Samaritan woman. Not alone a woman, but a Samaritan woman who was separate from the Jewish people at that time. But he steps right in. He shows us. He models it's not about our traditions. It's not about our politics. It's not about all these other things. It's about what does God think about that person? What is, does God value that person as much as he values me? Yes, he does. We know God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of people of any kind. And that is the call to us. So I want us to look at the four P's of wisdom that I just kind of kept coming out to me as I read through Proverbs 1 through 3, and we're just going to pick some of those parts out and talk through them this morning. With the goal of understanding what does it mean to know the purpose of walking in wisdom, the pursuit of wisdom, the posture of wisdom, and then what's the end result? What's the promise of wisdom? That's what I want us to walk through today. So we're going to begin with the, the purpose of wisdom. Proverbs 1, 1 through 3 is kind of where the author just really sets the stage. He says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, is for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding the words of insight, and for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair. And Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. How many of you have been a fool before? Yep, we all have. We've despised good instruction. We've despised knowing and doing what is right. I've shared this before, but I remember as a child, like you, you, you're trying to make a decision, especially as you become a teenager, you get a little bit more independent. When your parents are the last ones you want to ask for their opinion on, that's being a fool, you know? Because you know, like, oh, I know what my parents are going to say if I ask if I could do this. You know, so it's, it, when you think about it, like, it's so easy to, to figure out what seems right in our own eyes. But the purpose of wisdom is to help us live right, help us live just, help us live fair. It's to help us understand. It's the beginning of a knowledge that can be applied. And that's what the author's helping us see. And some questions I want you to think about is, do you want to do what is right, just, and fair? I've, I've sat with people that, have admitted to me, no, I don't. I really don't want to do what's right here. Just don't want to do it. I don't want to do what's just. I don't want to do what's fair. 
We've all been there at some level in our journey. Do you understand the chain of command with your Lord? I think this is a big deal. A lot of times we, we know Jesus is our Savior. We know that he's the one who came and down from heaven, born through the Virgin Mary, walked this earth, went to the cross, and died for our sins and saved us so that we can have a relationship with God. We know that about Jesus. He's our Savior. But I think oftentimes we don't make him our Lord. We don't, we don't let him settle the accounts in our hearts. We let our little stinking thinking get going, and then we just kind of live in that and just kind of feed off of that because somehow it feeds our carnal soul. And God's saying, no, lay that stuff down. Deal with the command that he is also the one in charge. He's the one in charge of our lives. And I think only you and God can settle that. And I think that's a big part. If you're going to walk into the purpose of wisdom, it begins with settling some things in your heart. Have you yielded your right to be right all the time? That's a big one for all of us, I think. We like to be right. We like to have it figured out. And if God's in charge, we, we, that means we let him settle what's right. That word yield is hard. That word is really, really hard. Because you just want to gun it sometimes, and you don't want to yield to the car coming this way. But the car coming this way is God saying, follow me. Oftentimes, we just want to gun it and get through. And I think it's important to learn to yield to the purpose of wisdom in our life. How do we pursue wisdom? What does that look like? Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland of grace on your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we looked at this last week as well, is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This listen, trust, lean not on our own, submit. It's this place of, of pursuit that starts at the heart level, that starts internally, that we're called to, and that's where we begin to gain wisdom. Are you teachable? Do you have it all figured out or are you teachable? I think it's a big question. If you lead people at all, I guarantee you love leading teachable people. Right? Teachable people are really fun to lead because they're just like, okay, tell me what to do. And if you tell me what to do, I'll do it and I'll do it right. That's the heart God wants us to have with him. is to be a teachable person. To be the one that says, okay, God, whatever you say, I'm on it. I'm in it with you. Let's do it together. Are you accepting of God's commands, applying your heart to his understanding, calling out for help? We talked about this last couple weeks, Kevin and Sean did, around this idea of, like, where do you get your counsel? Where do you get your help? You've got to have people in your life that you're talking and processing life with. You're processing your decisions with. You're processing what's important, what's most important with. I think that is, it's all this place of pursuing what is right. And I think it comes down to a, a, play, a word we don't like to hear very often. And that's the posture of wisdom. And the word repent. How many of you like to be rebuked? Isn't it fun? How many of you like to repent? Isn't it fun? It's not at all. Proverbs 1, 20 through 23 says, Out of the open wisdom calls out aloud. Her, 
She raises her voice in the public squares. On the top of the wall, she cries out at the city gates. She makes her speech. How long will you simple love your simple ways? How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I'll make known to you my teachings. See, that last part sounds really cool. God will pour his thoughts out to us, and he'll make known to us his teachings. That sounds great. But that first part is tough. That's tough. Man, I do not like being rebuked by the Spirit, but it happens a lot. Where he just, Dan, what are you, Dan, get straight, get in order, get it in order. Get your thinking straight. I don't like that at all. And I don't like it to the point where I don't want to repent for it. But I'll tell you what, every time I do, I love it. I love it. When I just humble myself and say, okay, God, yep, that's wrong. That's completely wrong. I should not be thinking that way. I should not be leading that way. That's wrong, God. Forgive me. Respond to me, God. Help me, God. That's, and then all of a sudden, we start to hear his teaching. We start to hear his instructions. We start to get knowledge beyond what we can just gather up here on this earth. We start to get something that's fresh and new. What was your posture when God rebuked you last? Did you puff up? Or did you, okay, God. I mean, think about the two stances. Was it this, when God rebuked you? Totally two different postures. And I think that's a posture of the heart. As we can see it in the physical, it's a posture of the heart. When God's speaking, he, he wants us to get to that posture. And that's where wisdom comes through. What's the promise? What's the promise of wisdom? Proverbs 1.33 says, But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Proverbs 3, 1 through 4 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life for many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them on your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Think about that. Do you live with a fear of safety, ease, and harm, you shouldn't. God promises safety, ease, and harm. In the midst of a crazy election, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of wildfire, in the midst of a world that's full of angst, he promises ease. He promises safety. He promises no harm. See, oftentimes we forget that scripture where Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's saying, yoke on to me. It's like that oxen, that young oxen that yokes onto the adult oxen. And the adult oxen is plowing the field and the young one doesn't really know what to do and is bucking around. But in the end, he realizes the adult oxen is just, just plowing the field, just doing it right, carrying the load. And I think that's it for us too. Finding and pursuing wisdom brings us to a place where we can find ease we can find peace. We can find a lack of harm. We can find safety in the midst of a world full of angst. Are you experiencing life, peace, and prosperity? Or do you live full 
of anxiety and angst. This is a real, true litmus test to are we living in God's wisdom? Are we pursuing him? Have we, have we truly submitted our lives to him? Because if we have, we will experience a life of peace, a life of prosperity, a like, life that is a lack of need. And do you walk in God's favor and have a good name associated with you? A good name is really important in the sight of God and man, isn't it? A bad name travels so fast. Boy, if you keep doing people wrong, it'll get around so quickly, doesn't it? And then all the warnings go out. Ah, yeah, stay away from that dude. It'll take you down. But a good name and a name that's first and foremost good in the sight of God, that God says, man, I, I like you because you are humble to me. I, I want to teach you. I want to guide you. I want to give you safety. I want to give you ease. And I want to give you a good name amongst mankind. That's God's heart for us. That's the promise he gives us. So in application, you're going to recognize these things again. But I'm going to give you four things that are just very applicable to living in the promise of wisdom. One, we acquire godly wisdom by asking God. That's a good starting place, isn't it? Just start by asking. I mean, I get... Sometimes my head will spin for days about what I'm going to do about something or how I'm going to handle a situation or how I'm going to lead through something. And then I'm like, why am I not talking to God about this? Why am I not even just asking, God, what do you want? I don't know what to do. Will you just help me? Second, we acquire godly wisdom from the scriptures. This week I was just reminded as I was wrestling through decisions and looking at the Bible and just saying, God, teach me through your word. Teach me. Teach me what you have for me. And I think that's really, really, really important because that's where we get the words of life. The words of life that help us understand what is right, trust, just, and true. The words that are, are good, they're, that you can go to a bank on them because they're good. And oftentimes, you know, I've been in the church my whole life. How easy it is to just be like, ah, the Bible. It's always there. There's always 16 Bibles in all of our houses, right? Like, they're everywhere. You can get online, you can get on the Bible app, you can do whatever you want. It's so right here at our fingertips. You talk to people who grew up in the, in the hidden churches of China and places like that where, where they just long for one copy of the Bible and they'd pass it around to one another because they were so hungry for it. And You know, we're not that way. Wisdom comes from the scriptures. If we'll just humble ourselves and stop, say, God, I'm trying to figure out what to do here. Talk to me through your word. Third is acquiring godly wisdom through wise counsel. I touched on this earlier. There needs to be people in our lives that we talk and process life with, that we think about the hard stuff with, that we invite into to have a voice in the midst of our journey. It's really important. And I think... It's good to define who's, who's your people of counsel. Who's the people you go to when you're struggling? Who's the people you just bring up your junk and say, what do I do? Do you have any opinions? What do you think about this? We need to have those safe people in our lives. And lastly, we acquire godly wisdom 
through the beginning of knowledge, the fear of the Lord. We talked about that fear. It's, it's a holy reverence. It's the sense of like, I truly fear that if I do not submit myself to God, I will get off track. I will go astray. I will struggle. We have to have that healthy fear in our lives. And the best thing, you know, for those of you in this, in this room where you grew up under parents that loved you, you, you understand the, the purity of the fear of, of a parent. You know, you understand that, like, they got your best interest in mind. And so it's, it's good if you fear what the consequences will be if you disobey. And that's it with God, too. And if you were, grew up in a home where it was abusive and horrible, that's a bad analogy for you, and I get that. And it's going to take some work to get to a place where you say, okay, I, I understand God not only disciplines me, but loves me like crazy. That's a hard place to get. But I think that is really the beginning of it all. And that's why the whole book of Proverbs starts that way, is understanding that wisdom is applied knowledge that comes from a right posture of understanding and fearing the Lord. So I hope this stuff really helps you keep thinking through. One thing that will never go away in life is making decisions. They're going to be before you all the time. And one thing also will never go away in life is God and his ability to give us wisdom in making those decisions. So that's a peaceful place to be. If you find yourself in a lot of angst and anxiety around how you make decisions and how you live your life, push the mute button and just humble yourself and don't talk. Don't try to make more decisions. Just get your heart in the right place. Let him, let him coach you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why he's called the counselor. When we give our lives to God through Jesus, he promised that the Spirit would come and live inside of us. And that Spirit is the teacher. That Spirit is the one who coaches us as we make decisions. So I challenge you, humble yourself to that, and more wisdom will come. Because he's faithful. He's very, very faithful to give us what we need and lead us in that way. So let's pray together, and then we'll worship some more here. Heavenly Father, we just humble ourselves before you and we want to live right and we need your wisdom for taking these steps. We want to make good choices in the midst of a culture that's spinning to the left and to the right. God, we need you to, to do that. So Lord, as, as your people here at Hillside, we ask for a, a sense of just hope and a sense of calm in the midst of all of this. Teach us and tutor us into what it means to, to walk in your wisdom, to make decisions that you would want us to make, to honor and value people like you want us to. God, we love you and we thank you so much for this opportunity to be together today. Whether here in the building or at home, Lord, we just trust you that you're speaking to us by your spirit right where we're at. And you're going to give us steps of life going forward. So Lord, we love you. We praise you. All that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dan. <clears throat> I love how um, so I knew a little bit of where Dan was going to go uh, this, this morning, but I didn't know exactly. And 
Some of you might think, oh, leading worship must be easy. You just get to sing a few songs and, and then you're kind of through. Well, on the inside, you're like praying and wondering and chewing on and trying to hear God. And early on, I felt like the songs just came quick, you know, midweek or whatever. And I kind of stuck with them. And normally that's not me. Like, I just had a real good piece about, hey, these are the songs we're supposed to sing. <clears throat> As as Dan was speaking, I'm like, oh man, how cool is that? The Lord just kind of working beforehand. I feel like you know, oftentimes, I know Kevin and Mike said this before, you always have that, it's probably a good anxiety or a little bit of fear, you know, in leading it's not just, uh, oh sweet, let's jump on stage, it feels so good. Um, to me, it's always this too shall pass, you know, <laughs> like we'll, we'll get through this. Um, but... <clears throat> In thinking of just kind of this journey of application, that's kind of where I feel in worship. Um, I feel we're going to sing three songs. In that first song, again, it's not just singing songs and it's, it's you know singing these words. There's the Lord works in between the lines, and that's that's kind of what's going on in your heart. Um, the first one, I want us to sing it in a way as an invitation, kind of that press that mute button, like Dan was saying and invite the Lord uh, to work in your life. Um, the second song um, <clears throat> is one of that relinquishing, that uh, repentance, the surrender, that surrender piece. The, the picture that came to me was this idea of, of holding on tight, you know, with your fist, and, and you, you kind of offer it up, you know, like, here, take this, but you're still holding on, you know, and then you kind of loosen up a little bit, but you kind of grab tight again. That place of just open-handed before the Lord. And then the last song, um, <clears throat> I look at, as a body of believers, what's that, what are we saying to the world right now? We've got a foundation of peace and grace to base our lives on. What does that look for us as we leave these doors? What does that look for us in how we treat people, how we uh, express and live out our faith? Um, so as we sing those different songs, don't just read the words, allow the Lord to really speak to you and to do that work inside you. Holy Father 
tell sickness it must leave and it's gone and in my weakness God I know you are strong you are the
God, thank you that we can put all our trust in you. God, thank you that you just have just all the character that all the people in this world right now and those past could put all our trust in. Thank you for caring for us individually, as a community, as a people. God, we just, we say we love you, we trust you. And help us to be that light as we go from here throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great week. I say